It's Normal Length Podcast. Everyone thinks if you charge, you charge, but it's not really like that. You know, if I was lying in the gutter, having been sort of set on fire with, with petrol. If you've got six coops and four shredders, it, it causes tension on a boat, mate. Monday, Monday, yeah, he's like a journalist. Yeah. I respect your technical limitations, but I think you're better than that. Welcome. It's Not The Length Podcast. I'm Paul Evans. And I'm Ben Mundy. Bloody hell, Ben. It's been a massive month for surfing. Where are we? What have we done? Uh, we've been hard on the QS trail in Portugal, Santa Cruz, and then uh, down to Caparica near Lisbon. Yeah, basically on the QE. QE Warriors, Paul, where we belong. We've also recorded live at La Pointe Surf Camps in Aracira. Um... We're just getting in touch with, with the great unwashed, with the general surfing public. And we had a special return of the Mona Monday section with some of, some of the newer members of the Shred Tribe, Ben. Yeah, that's right. Sort of surfers that had literally learned to surf probably about an hour before. Uh, from Hungary, some from Ireland, some from all over the world, basically. I like the fact that some of them had only been surfing, like you said, for an hour, but they already had stuff to moan about. Strong. Really strong opinions about how, how shit the whole thing is. Um, and Ben, we, we were in a booth. We spent well, about 14 continual days together, 14 hours a day in a, in a tiny little booth, um, commenting on the QS. What, what did yeah. we learn? What did, what did you learn? Did you, did you grow as a person? Did you, did you achieve growth? Yeah, I thought that was some uh, real highlights in there, Paul. I thought, um, I think we sort of expanded the commentary sort of repertoire. I think we got along for the most part. Paul, we didn't have, didn't have any major beefs in the booth, did we? Okay, Ben, let's crack on with the show. Time to have a look at the surf news. What's been happening in the Shredosphere? What's good, what's bad? What have you got? This um, major stokeometer. Twitch North, what's good? Um, I'll tell you what's good. There's a young New Zealand kid called Kehu Butler. We are, of course, right now in Portugal. We've been bombing around the, um, the sort of regions north of South Lisbon, doing a lot of QS action, Paul, a lot of QS action. And one of the standouts, uh, not in the water, I don't give a fuck about the water, but out of the water has been this uh, Kehu Butler, who's a, a uh, Kiwi from Mount Manganui. He's been doing the best post-head interviews I've seen in a long, long time. He's only 18. He's completely and utterly unmedia trained. He's been himself. And all he's been talking about is eating a lot of tarts, eh? I just love the Portuguese tarts. And when I see them, I just want to eat them. And he's just been going on about every, every interview he went. He has won that many, to be fair. But when he does, he just talks about these, these tarts he's been eating. He's up to six a day. It was his, late, his latest interview. So he's been eating six of these little Portuguese tarts. What are they called again, Paul? Pastel de nata. Pastel de nata. And uh, yeah, so I've just seen a glimpse in the future. He's a great surfer, don't get me wrong. He's a really good style, and I think he's going to go places, but he's just got this real um, infectious, fun personality, which we don't see anymore. It gets beaten out of these kids, doesn't it? And um, I've been really enjoying Kehu Butler. Yeah, bro. Um, this one actually comes from Instagram Monday, which you'll be quite surprised to learn. I mean, we've got our social media police segment, highly successful, coming up later in the show. But um, Dane Darmus, Dane Gudowskis. Have a look at the photo of him doing a fucking mental carve on a sort of head high, well, sort of shoulder high wave left on his Instagram. It's, I think it might be the best, one of the best surf photos ever or for a long time. I've actually had to look at it like over and over and over again. It looks like it's photoshopped. Um, 
Yeah, he's doing a carve on this small little steep wave with a little right coming at him. And it, it, look, it looks like impossible to see how he sort of could have got there on his board. And I love, I love Dane, Dane Goudang. He's my favourite Goudang. Um, I actually hate the photographer that took the photo. He's a cock, so I'm not going to say who it is. He can fuck off. But um, I, think, I think he might be the best sort of photo surfer in the world. Good. Ben, what else have you got that's good? Nick Von Rupp. Our uh, mate, he's uh, sick. He's sick. Um, he's a handsome chap. Speaks about eighteen languages. He also um, does take off on some quite big waves. Um, he's down here, been competing in Portugal, but he just dropped an edit. Um, and I chatted to Nick about that. Um, it's just his best waves from the winter, and there's some just ginormous. I mean, the balls in that guy. What he's doing under the lip on twenty footers. I had a chat to him about it. He wants to get on the big wave world tour, and. Um, they give out five performance awards. There's a bit of a like a um, a panel that award those, and that's his goal. And that this clip is basically like a show rule, his own award nomination. And I'll tell you what, if he doesn't get a start, I'll be very surprised. Mavericks left, massive Mulligamore. Um, Nazare's had a real crack at. He's just been on fire. Total commitment, and um, I reckon he's a good. I like him. Would you be prepared to exchange your sort of slender physique for Nick's sort of fat bum if you had his sort of surfing ability, his charging ability, oh, mate, his tube prowess? I, I would. I'd give any. I'd just get everything or anything just to have a, just a tiny part. What if he's got? Because he's got everything that I don't. And um, yeah, he's. <coughs> Paul, have you got anything else that is? <coughs> the thing with like webcasting and sort of surfing, he's all a bit polished and slick, isn't it? <laughs> it's all a bit slick and sanitized. Presenters are getting a bit good at what they do. It's almost as if they've been trained, especially on the CT. <laughs> Not so much on the QS though. We're down here in Portugal. Couple of um, couple of QS three thousand. We've been doing the webcast, and Ben, um, this one actually involves you. Oh, that's surprising, Paul. Yeah, and one of your old mates, Federico Moraes. You've known him for some time, um, but nevertheless, even when we know people, you know, we've got a bit of history to our relationship. Handshakes can go wrong. Um, yeah, let's listen to uh, a little bit of footage. The, the focus is on the win, and that's that's why I'm here, so that's what I'm going to work for. All right, mate. Well, you're, you're on the right track. Thanks for your time, brother. Thank you. Oh, that's fine. Oh, can, can we do that again? Oh, that was much better. That was very awkward, but, you know. Wow. See you, Freddie. Just... <laughs> Back to you boys in the booth. Just the latest in a series of public embarrassments for Ben Mundy, the world's most awkward kind of handshake, fist bump. I mean, the only way it could have been weird is if Mundy tried to give him a kiss, but just a tongue in his ear. <laughs> Someone commented on online it was the, the whitest moment in surf history. <laughs> Posted interview with Federico Moraes, and um, you sort of tried to do a handshake. You went for like a soul brother, then you went for a normal sort of clasp. Then a hand, then a fist bump. Never heard like an eruption from the broadcast truck of laughter. And Mandy, just keeping the sort of physical comedy to the surfboard broadcast. <laughs> yeah, I like to do that. The problem is because you're holding the microphone and they're holding the surfboard, so you've got to do it with the wrong hand. And that just got super awkward. I sent it to our mate Kingy, uh, Andy King, the notorious surf coach and dog. Kingy wrote back, this is my new happy place. I played this clip 30 times. Yeah, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, thanks, Paul. J. J. Bottle Thompson chimed in. He said he just watched it eight times, but still, it's not, it's not bad effort. Oh, Can we do that again? That again? That again? Paul, enough of that. Positive. Have you got anything else that is? I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with surfing vocabulary. 
feel like we're sort of pretty limited in some of our chat. And we have, we have got some new stuff. We've got some new words. Progress has been made. We've got litres now. We talk about like board. You know, how many litres have you got? 28.5. We've got air wind. That's new. No one knew what an air wind was sort of 10 years ago. So we have got some new stuff. But fucking hell. Someone paddles out. You're in the surf. Getting a couple. Yeah, there's a couple. Or you've just had a surf. You're back in. Did you get a couple? How was it? Yeah, I had a couple. I, we, we need to find a new word for a it's, couple. It's fun. Yeah, you didn't get a couple. A couple means two. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm in a couple. That means there's two of you. You didn't get you, You're not getting a couple. As in, you're not getting two at the same time. That's physically impossible. If you just said two ways your whole surf, that would be a short surf. You're not fucking getting two. It's impossible. Stop saying getting a couple. Yeah, there's a couple. I'd like to appeal to It's Not The Length listeners to change a conversation, bottom-up change, passive resistance en masse. Ben, paddle out and ask me if I'm getting a couple. <laughs> Paul, uh, how's the surf? You getting a couple? No. The end. <laughs> ben, what else have you got that's... There was a bit of a story uh, this month about... Um, Jeff Clark riding a, um, a stand-up foil um, board, <laughs> going through a lineup. I think it uh, must be near their place up there in, in California, uh, at which stage he runs over uh, or just fails to miss a pro surfer who had a dog on his board. <laughs> uh, and, in, and in attempting to sort of miss the dog, and uh, the surfer, he runs over a sort of a learner who's pulling out on a softboard. He just misses a head. Everything's all fine. But um, and then, of course, there's the the ultimate social media shitstorm where everyone was weighing in on who's got the right of way, be it the dog, the um, stand-up paddleboard, the foil, the, the learner, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, Jeff Clark, who was... The, one of the legends of, you know, the pioneer of Mavericks is, must have a bit of credit in the bank, but he was absolutely castigated. I just thought it summed up everything about surfing in 2019. There's a fucking dog on a board, there's an SUP foil, there's a, there's a social media backlash, there's a backlash to the backlash, and I just sort of looked at it all, just this big steaming dog pile of fucking surfing paraphernalia, and I just went, well, this is bad, Paul. This is bad. Yeah, was it was it in California or was it actually in Babylon or sort of hell? I, I was reading some stuff about it from Clark, who, yeah, you know, might have sullied his sort of Maverick's pioneering legacy with just one 30-second clip on the internet. But um, I thought the only, the only way this can sort of get worse for him, well, I didn't think it could get worse for him, really, but then he mentioned something about, like, Jesus chose his path or something. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Just get <laughs> offline. Just, yeah. just, just, just get offline. <laughs> Well, Ben, um, like an old friend, an old familiar blanket or a favourite pillow, um, a section of the show's back by popular demand, Mona Monday. Well, Paul, you know, a lot of people have a lot of issues. Um, a lot of people have a lot of issues with surfing. Rather than uh, just sort of sit back and let, let the moans come to us, we actually, we actually went out on the road and, you know, we thought we'd sort of roll up our sleeves and, and meet, meet the, great, the great surfing public. We went to La Pointe Surf Camp in Erisera, um, an excellent facility, 
And as luck would have it, the University of Surrey Surf Club were doing their kind of little little soiree. They're on their annual trip to Portugal. There was a smattering of Scandinavians. And, um, well, we happened to have the voice recorder and we thought we'd go and meet a few and find out if they had any moans for Monday. Just another moan Monday. I'm from Dublin originally, but I'm at University in Surrey at the moment. University of where? Surrey. Never heard of it. Have a moan at Monday. What do you got, Neve? Probably the biggest one is when you're just chilling out back, all is calm, and then suddenly just a wave rises out of nowhere. Your friend's board just smacks you right in the face. Just another Monday. Um, my name's Emma. I'm from England in the northeast called Durham. You're riding a wave in and you're a little bit too far forward on your board and your nose just dives and you get in the tumble dryer sort of spin and you eat sand and you come out and your hair is literally all over your face and you just look a state. Uh, my name's Ollie. I'm from um, England. By today, um, we were out surfing on, we had like a right-hander. Uh, the reason it was a right-hander because there's a rock underneath. So it breaks and it, it comes in and it takes you on the right-hand side. But it doesn't really like break until you're right at the shore. And, it, and you've got to, yeah, you've basically got to try and judge when to leave. And it's, it's for me, I'm not necessarily that experienced surfer. But I can, I, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting familiar with the right-hander now. And I'm just judging, oh, here we go. And then bam, and it flips me over. I think that's one of them. Ollie, you're overthinking it, mate. You're classic overthinking it, mate. You just, you stand up, you drive into that shore break, and you own that fucking thing, mate. I, I respect your technical limitations, but I think you're better than that. My name is Victor. I'm from Sweden. Getting your board on the airplane. They always ding it. Always have to pay extra, and you can't take it out on insurance. My name is Zita, uh, and I'm from Hungary. Today the waves were terrifying. Uh, my name is Ebba and I'm from Sweden. Basically, I'm just here to socialize with the guests and party with them. Oh, that's it for part one. In part two, Nick Von Rupp, social media police. That's all, right after the break. And he's reading the wavelength spring summer buyer's guide. Mm, and it makes me wonder. Hey, Surf World, are you looking to buy a wetsuit, a board, apparel, some fins, anything related to surfing this spring summer? Well, check out the wavelength buyer's guide, friends. It's online, and we've got everything you need to keep your summer stoked. It's not the length podcast. Your favourite Portuguese big wave charger, Nick Von Rupp. The bronze stallion, the golden child. He's a man that charges 55-foot slabs. Currently trying to get on the big wave world tour. We chat about that. But we were down in Santa Cruz. He was actually competing in a um, sort of two, three-foot sort of slop the, on the QS. He actually won a few heats. He, he did a good uh, account of himself. But we caught up with uh, Nico on site. Um, excuse some of the um, sort of extraneous noise. Those beach masters just don't shut up. They're always talking about priority and what the scores are and who's doing what. We just had two weeks with it, so don't you guys complain. 
But yeah, we chatted to Nick Von Rupp about big wave surfing, about where he's headed, and just just how lovely a man he is. I don't know. This this year, last year, I put in quite a bit of time at Nazareth, trying to trying to figure out my big big boards and and having it go at the Big Wave World Tour. It's my third year that I'm invited at the Nazareth Challenge, and this year I, I did. You know, I finally tuned in my boards, put a lot of time in at Nazareth, got some bombs. You know, starting to feel more and more confident on those big boards, which you know, like everyone thinks, if you charge, you charge, but it's not really like that. You know, like when it comes down to the ten sixes and ten fours, it's a completely different sport. And you know, just trying to figure out where you like lining up on the wave, what is too late, what isn't, you know. And uh, it takes some time. And this year, you know, I, I feel like I really put in the time and had some good results. Got some bombs at um, at, at uh, Nazareth early season, and then went on to Mavericks. Got some rides, and one of my you know waves I've been dreaming about getting in a long time, like big, you know, Mavericks left. And everything came together, and uh, the goal right now is to to make you know to make the top five performance of WSL to get a wild card for to be on tour next year. That's that's my my focus. And how does that? What's is there a criteria for that? How does it actually work? That top five? Is, it, is there a panel, or do you know how it actually works? Or <laughs> well, I can, it's, I can it's a great, it's a great it's a it's a great area. Obviously, like the guys, you know, the, the tour commissioner, uh, everyone that's part of that big wave uh, will tour panel like Mike Parsons Bill Sharp I've been around for a long time you know those are the guys that that give you the nod up and and, and, and you know like kind of you know, give you the nod up of, of, of giving you that wild card. Yeah. But you know, we know. You know. Everyone knows. You know if you know. It comes. It, no, it comes. Also comes down obviously to the guys that have been around for a long time, like yeah. Twiggy, Peter Mel, Jamie Mitchell. Uh, all those guys have been on tour for a long time and been like the pioneers of that big wave world tour. They get a big say too. You know, they've yeah. been on all the swells and they know who's you know charging and who's not and who deserves a wild card or not. So, you know, like, I'm doing my best, I'm focused, and, you know, I really want to get on that tour, but if it doesn't happen, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep pushing, you know, until it's And Mav's left, like, it's obviously not, it hasn't been ignored, because it was already all you surfed by Jack Buckner at the start, but it's been a bit of a re- been a look at it, you know, like a different way of approaching, I'd say. What, how different is it? What And what is that way? I mean, is it like a whole new world compared to the ride? Is a whole different yeah, thing? You know, as you said, Mav's, I feel like, has been surfed for a long time, you know, for Jeff Clark days and you know like Mark Healy, Chris, Chris uh, Cole Christensen those guys have been Manny Rosano have been giving it a go for a long time but I haven't I feel like I don't know from what I hear they haven't really cracked the code yet it's a really hard place to be when it's big and you know there's a lot of wash through sets and it feels like all that energy from the right goes into the left and takes you to very deep places it's not a you know it's not a it's not a it's a big slab you know it's a 20 foot slab it's not a if you're not used to slabs it's not a good place to be and that's what my surfing is about to kind of like I feel more comfortable taking off under it deep and steep than um than taking off on a massive wave and you know for me Mavericks left is just it's where I feel comfortable you know yeah. it's where I can translate from slab surfing to big wave surfing you know and uh, 
And what's it like being in one of those pits, mate? Describe that feel of that mud left. It's supposed to pretty quick, doesn't it? You know, a lot of time to think about it. It's nuts because... You know, I, I had surfed uh, Mavericks last year for quick, and now we got a couple left, and it was good. You know, you could feel out the the beast, but it was only this year that you know we had a couple of sessions out there where it was big, and it was crazy because I had this goal of trying to surf Mavericks left, and you know, four days in of the trip, I, I could feel that dream just slipping through my hands, and and not, you know, I was I was not going to achieve my goal. And then, sure enough, like last session, you know, we had an awesome crew in the water, Chumbu, uh, Kai Lenny, Nathan Florence, uh, Koa Rothman, all guys that have kind of the same background as me. And, but, you know, we just had this vibe going on. We just, had, you know, we just hucking it under that lip and taking bits, big sets on the head. And uh, that's what it takes, you know. It's, it's not, you know, it really takes a few people to kind of give you that killer instinct. And that's what happened that one afternoon. Of Mavericks, yeah. And so, what about you got your new clip, new clip you've just dropped? Um, and then you got a movie coming out. What's just a quick, quick brief on those two, those two projects? Like one and the same, I suppose. Yeah, well, right now this clip is, is basically just to sum up my, my best rides. I feel like, you know, I, I, just, I feel like I deserve a spot on the tour this year, to be honest. Uh, you know, I've, I've given it my best. I've been on every single swell. I went, I surfed Nazareth. I was one of the guys that was the most out of Nazareth. And that's the clip. It's, it's kind of a statement, you know. I want to get on that tour and, you know, let the big do dogs judge if I deserve it or not, you know. <laughs> Wicked. Oh, well, I hope you get your shot, man, because we, we, want, we want to see it. Appreciate it. It's not the length. Podcast. Wow, cool into you, Mundy. Yeah. Uh, no, Duke Vaughn Rupp definitely deserves his spot on the Big Wave World Tour. Yeah, that's right. Interestingly enough, we've had uh, well, we've had Nick Lau, and we had heard from Frederico earlier on the podcast. One of them's qualified for the CT. The other one's one of the best Big Wave surfers in the world. They both went on um, a men's white boat trip with me back in 2006 when they were about sort of 13. And I'm not saying that it's because of my influence and guidance and sort of general kind of life tips that saw them scale the heights of pro surfing. But I'm also not saying it's not because of that trip. But speaking of boat trips, we get a lot of um, a lot of listeners been asking us about Indo trips and where to go and recommendations. And funnily enough, we actually um, decided to catch up with one of the most experienced surf guides operating charters in the Mentois and up in Sumatra in the Tellos. Ben and I were actually sharing quarters. We were lucky enough to be sharing a room at some stage in a Portugal trip. And in the middle of the night one night, I heard a few heard a few strange noises from Monday's side of the suite. Um, I thought maybe he's on one of those websites again uh, that he's got in trouble uh, with before. But actually, Monday was on the satellite phone to Indo, talking to Sully from the Huey Boat Charter, one of the most experienced boat charters uh, up there, and one of the fastest boats in the Mentwise, the Huey. And Monday was getting some advice from Sully on things to consider before booking a boat trip. You could call it Indos and Indon'ts. Let's check it out. The most important thing is how long they've been operating. Experience. Okay. Guys that have been here a long time know the ins and outs, and you're more likely to have less things go wrong going to um, jeopardize your time in the water which is what you pay for yeah so you don't want to you don't want to break down you don't want the boat to be unseaworthy 
Yeah. You, want a, you, want a, you want a boat that's got the, had the money spent on it. So you experience. Second one, you don't want to go on a boat that's too cheap. A boat that's too cheap is cheap for a reason. Yeah. And if they're discounting heavily, they're going to discount your trip. Right. Right, which means they're going to discount on everything. They're going to use less fuel. So you're not going to go to all the places you could possibly go. They're going to not have money for maintenance on the boat, which is going to affect the reliability of the boat. So beware of, beware of the too good to be true price, because without uh, writing anyone off, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, mate, you've really just got to email the owners and ask the hard questions. Do you travel at night? Do you have all the safety equipment on board? Will like lately, this is what's been happening. The, the Brazo boats—they've been, you know, they've, they've got ten beds in them, but they'll put fourteen. They're putting fourteen to sixteen passengers on, right? And not te- not telling the other punters how many people are going to be on the boat. Right. You think you might be on there with nine other blokes? All of a sudden, there's fourteen of them on there. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, that's that's more of a Brazilian thing. It's not really happening in Australian but it ha- operators, but it happens. Yeah, ask the hard questions, man. If you, you know, ask for a photo of the engine room. Yeah. You know, as, as you know, that boat you went on. Fucking hell. You go down and look at some of those engine rooms, man. That thing's still out there. It was out there the other day. The tender, the tender boat is a big thing, mate. You know, everyone's got one. You know, you can, some, some guys got those little plastic tinnies that run in there for the surf. But if you want a, a proper, if you want a gonna yeah look at the tenders and, and see how long it is how many horsepower the motor is is it can it make to make can it make it back to Palang in an emergency if needed yeah um you know that's that's a big thing and and they, they're great for uh splitting up the pack if you've got six kooks and four shredders it, it causes tension on a boat mate yeah because, you know everyone gets their day if it's perfect for them but Everyone can have their day twice if there's a if there's a, a good tender where yep. you know half the crew can take off ten mile up the coast and go a certain other way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Good. Sure. Yeah. Um, space, the size, the size of the boat. Space is a, a huge factor because after after seven or eight days on a boat, if you're constantly having to brush past people and side slip to get past and always sort of in everyone's face that the boat shrinks the boat <laughs> shrinks quicker every day <laughs> my boat when it rains you lose a lot of the outside area the boat automatically shrinks and it's like and you feel it it's like all of a sudden everyone's a bit closer yeah when as soon as the sun comes out again everyone spreads out again yeah you know a boat like mine a, big, a bigger boat um, yeah space is a massive factor because Cabin fever doesn't even come into it if there's enough space in different chill-out areas. You know, we've got the front deck, the TV room, your own cabin on top of the TV room, the eating area. Yeah. You know, if you need to get away, you can. Okay. And that's a, that's a big thing on a boat, man, is, is the, the floor space. A lot of the operators bullshit on their websites as well. Like, there's one boat out here. Fuck at hell, they... They... Uh, the engineer died in the engine room about an hour out of port last year. Right, he got electrocuted because of a dodgy wiring, and 
boat wasn't wasn't uh, watertight, he was down there making sure the pumps were working to keep the keep the water out of the boat. And then they all, all of a sudden they while they went down the engine room to check on this guy because the boat started getting heavier and was slowing down. They go down there, he's floating around dead in the engine room and hadn't turned the pumps on yet, so all the boat filled up with water. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they had to turn back to port, and then they went and hired another boat and drove that one up on the reef because they only left with one main engine. <laughs> you know, they, they, that boat's about 65 foot long. On their website, it says it's 100 foot. Fuckers <laughs> <laughs> some cowboys out there. Right? That's, I suppose that's a point. There is some real cowboys out there, isn't there, still? Like, you, you just got to be careful. Still, mate. At the moment, there's a little bit of a bloody price war going on. There's, there's 53 boats now from operating from the Bunyaks to um, Mentawai. Okay. So that's, you know, Mentawai, Tello, Nias, Bunyaks. Yeah. 53 boats. So there's a lot of, there's one boat doing 3150 Aussie, including flights from Oz. Just unsustainable. You know. <laughs> Get your trousers on. You're nicked. You have the right to remain silent. DCI Evans, social media branch. Constable Monday, reporting for duty. You're nicked. Get your trousers on. Have you um, consumed any social media in the last month, Monday? Yeah, I, you know I have. I have, Paul. I've got to be honest. I get, I get, I get kind of trapped um, in that in that world. Um, yeah, there's so much out there, isn't there? So much to to enjoy and so much to to not enjoy. Well, speaking of not enjoy, um, let's have a little look through some of the people who might be reminded that they've got the right to remain silent. Okay, Monday. Well, first up, um, Raimana Van Bastolier, aka Raimana World. Um, it's an unusual entry into um, social media police. Uh, he's got a photo of Laird Hamilton sort of running in a sort of a bit shallow ankle deep water, and um, he's suggesting that people buy Laird's new book called Life Rider by Laird Hamilton. Um, yeah, I would strongly suggest that you don't buy Laird Hamilton's Life Rider book. In fact, if I could think of sort of all the books in the world that you should read first before you get to sort of Life Rider, you, you, you could have a trillion lifetimes and still not read all the books that are more worthy of reading than Laird's. And I, I think what's happened is that they sort of fall into the, that trap of thinking that people that might be good at spot is Laird even good? But anyway, that he... Um, He's some sort of sage or, or life coach. I mean, he's quite good at wearing sort of tight pair of board shorts and looking good for his age, which is probably nearly 60 now with sort of big pecs and tan. But other than that, life coaching from Laird? Don't think so. So both Laird and Ramana. Get your trousers on. Other unlikely entries, the Surface Journal. Um, I don't want to be controversial here, Ben. It feels slightly sort of sacrilegious dissing the journal. I mean, let's face it, they've been publishers of Evans' work in the past, and they're great payers, I might add. Um, however, I did see something on their Instagram. 
It's a photo of the Zambezi River. And uh, there's that little standing wave there, isn't there? That little sort of right hand kind of standing wave. And it, and it says that there's a, there's a hydroelectric power project that the Chinese are sort of behind. Um, and it could mean that the standing wave gets lost. That was sort of the threat. And uh, I thought, well, you know, if there is this hydroelectric project and they sort of dam the river and sort of destroy the ecosystem and sort of flood the valley, etc., etc., and sort of starve the downstream, would, would, is that really the talking point? The sort of standing wave that no one gives a fuck about gets lost? Don't think so. So on this particular and rare occasion, I'd like to remind the Surface Journal that... You have the right to remain silent. Repeat offender time, Mandy. Tia Blanco. Get your trousers on. Oh, she's... She's at it again, and she pulled it. What's she done? She's got previous. Um, Paul, just at this stage, you know you can't unfollow these people. No, I find her sort of strangely alluring at the same time. Um, There's a picture of her wearing uh, swimwear with open back. Her hair looks great. Showing off... um, a tattoo that sort of runs across the sort of ribs to the side. And the caption says, Currently working on starting each day with gratitude, living each day in the present, and closing my eyes at night, manifesting the next day. Tia's got the right to make sign, doesn't she? She she should stop. She should she, stop writing things down. Is she manifesting the next day? What that does that's just words. That doesn't even mean anything. Also, I'm not sure that you that you work on work on gratitude. I mean if I you know, if I was lying in the gutter having been sort of set on fire with, with petrol, you know, like a sort of Vietnamese Buddhist monk in the in the sort of sixty-eight uprising, and and say Mandy happened to just fucking screech around the corner in the Volvo V40 estate kick open the door and sort of with a fire extinguisher and sort of douse me in, in powder or foam or water, whichever the appropriate colour of fire extinguisher. I, I wouldn't have to work on gratitude. I, I, you know, let me just work on being grateful. You're just grateful, aren't you? Uh, every single day, uh, every single day I'm manifesting gratitude. You have the right to remain silent. And just quickly, everyone out there that posted a picture of themselves in front of Notre Dame. Remain silent. And um, just to every girl out there on Instagram, uh, if you're if you're jumping in a pool, something about a mermaid. If you're getting snorkeling on holiday, something about mermaid. Vaguely near the sea or a fucking rock pool, mermaid, 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 mermaid. Maybe you got a face mask on that sort of makes your face look a bit funny, but your sort of boobs still look great in your swimwear. Whatever it is, if you've taken a photo, you've cropped it, you've, you've chosen a filter, you've put in the location, and your your fingers just hovering above that M key. Please pause just for a second. Think to. It's not the length of podcast, and just remember, you have the right to remain silent. All right, well, that'll wrap things up for this episode of the show. Thanks for tuning in. Send us a hit, send us a tweet at Wavelength Mag, a DM on Insty. Um, next time out, we're going to be um, well, exploring the surf. Our Monday is going to Bali for the CT into Western Australia. I'm going to Cornwall. Wherever you are in the surf world, have fun. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. It's not the length podcast.